Psalm 103 verse 5. We've been looking at fruitfulness for some time. And last week we continued by saying, He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So the last time I checked, you checked, we all checked, the devil is not dead. And in fact, he has no plans of dying. In fact, you may go to heaven and he'll still be around. Therefore, God is not waiting for the devil to die before he bless you. He's not waiting for the devil to die before he releases grace upon you. He said, in the presence of your enemies, I shower my grace. He, he, he anoints my head with oil, my cup runs over. So, in the midst of challenges and difficulties of life, the grace of God and the blessing of God overflows to us. That is why our problem is not our enemies. Your problem is not the virus moving around or the winter bug. The problem is that you have a strong immune system. So, whether viruses or not, you have a strong immune system. Because the enemies will always be there. That you have to turn them into bread. The challenges will be there. You have to overcome it. Amen. So don't, don't even be wishing for any enemies to die. Because if they die, they will miss the opportunity to see your greatness. To see your oil. To see your unction overflowing. In the presence of the enemies, you will. You will have your feast. So... The psalmist said, I laid me down and I slept. In the midst of worry, in the midst of the situation, you will have a good night's sleep. Amen. And you won't worry whether you have a job to go to the next morning or whether you can pay that bill. You will have your... Now listen. If you worry about paying your bill or your job and you don't sleep all night... Will you get money in your bank account the next morning? No. So why don't you have a good night's sleep? At least that one you cannot deny yourself. Amen? Amen. There's, a, there's a story of one former president. He was a military ruler. And when he took over the nation... The nation was in debt, I think, to the World Bank or some powers. And it was like, how shall we pay this debt? How shall we pay this debt? And everybody was crying. He said to them, listen, even the debtor is entitled to eat. That's what he told the World Bank. He said, the debtor is entitled to eat. So the fact that we owe you doesn't mean we should be crying and wailing. We will still enjoy our life. So give us a break. Hallelujah. Whatever pressure it is, listen, you are entitled to enjoy life. You are entitled to be happy. You are entitled to be peaceful. That is why in fruit bearing, we defy the circumstances of nature and we produce the will of God. Psalm 103 verse 5. So in the midst of all these challenges to fruit bearing, Psalm 103 verse 5 says, Who satisfies thy mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. That's the King James Version. 
Another version says, he keeps satisfying you with good things. And he keeps renewing your youth like the eagles. Hallelujah. The question is, when I'm continuously producing fruit, you know, the tree doesn't eat its own fruit. Where do I get my own nourishment? What do I gain? And it's always like that. If I keep serving and doing and doing, what do I get back? And sometimes it's as though you get nothing back. And you run in on empty and you dry. And it becomes difficult and challenging. But he says, he keeps satisfying you with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. So that when you are at your weakest, you are still strong. He keeps satisfying you. He keeps pouring his grace. He keeps pouring his spirit into you. So all you do is, you produce the fruit, God takes care of you. Amen? The biggest sadness is for somebody to decide, I'm no longer following the Lord Jesus because I haven't gotten anything since I followed him. Sometimes it may feel that way. Sometimes it may feel, well, if I hadn't committed myself, I would have been better off. But Bible says, now look, I like the King James 103, Psalm 103, verse 5, he says, He satisfies thy mouth with good things. Why is that? Because your mouth is the doorway to what is inside you. So when you speak, it indicates what is inside. So he says, he will satisfy my mouth so that even in pain, I will say good things. Even in difficulty, I will continue to say good things and nice things. So that my youth is renewed like the eagle. Do you know that you can say certain things that will make you weak? Or you can hear things that will make you weak. Someone can speak a word and it will hit you like a rocket. And you feel it and you become weak. It is just like that. Now, over the past week, we know what's been happening around the world. But whatever is happening, people are acting or reacting because of information they have or don't have. So depending on your source of information, your response will be different. Your reaction will be different. And in fact, some people don't even know why they are reacting anyway. Because they are reacting because everybody is reacting. So they are also reacting. If you really ask them, why are you reacting? They don't even know. They will say, oh, they will say things that may not be the fact. If you actually go into the facts, you may say, think that, well, it could be different. 
So he satisfies your mouth with good things. The things we utter drives our spirit. So if I say today, I don't feel church. I'll be here till end of service and I'll get up and go. But if I say I will experience God today like no other day. The time to reap your best harvest is when you don't feel like doing anything. So then you say, this is the day that the Lord has made. When the psalmist wrote that, he wasn't always in a good place. Most of the time he was running away. He was, he was a fugitive, wanted by the secret service. <laughs> But he said, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. For some of us, when morning is coming, your heart starts to pound. Say, this is the day. Let your mouth be filled with good things. The fruit of your lips. Now, for example, you have to ask yourself, what you say about you and about your life, does God accept it? I don't know how many of you would, would be happy if your child came to you and said to you, Mommy or Daddy, you know, I'm no good at all. I'm just an idiot. I don't even call me your son. I'm just an idiot. And you say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I always knew that. That's right. Well done now for seeing the light. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I certainly wouldn't accept that. Because I would fight their thinking. So, the things you think or say about yourself, ask yourself, will God accept that about me? Because what did he say about me? He said he will give me good things. He will satisfy me in my life. Therefore, I continually to profess it. Hallelujah. Proverbs 11.25 Proverbs 11.25 And we're going into some area right now. Fruit bearing. When you know this that I'm doing is only going to benefit some people and I won't have no benefit. The general soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. 26. The people will curse him who withholds grain, but blessing will be upon the head of him who sells it. 27. He who earnestly seeks good finds favor, but trouble will come to him who seeks evil. Now go to 30. Verse 30. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. 
He said, the person who withholds corn, Proverbs 11 verse 26, the people will curse him. Now, in UK right now, there's shortage of... Can you believe that? There's shortage of vegetables in the supermarket. And a carton of courgettes, which used to sell for, or for six pounds, is now going for 20 pounds. He who withholds corn, the people will curse him. So imagine everyone is looking for the vegetables, and you have them, and you've stocked them, you harden them, and you don't want to give anyone. Nobody will bless you. Nobody will thank you. They said they will curse you. But they will bless the person who sells it, who gives. And verse 25 said, a generous soul prospers or shall be made fat. King James... So, what are we talking about here? The corn that we have is to feed others. And when people are suffering of pain and hurt, they need comfort and peace and joy, which we have. That is why we bear fruit. The Spirit bears the fruit in us, the fruit of the Spirit, which is what we give. But because circumstances can be so hard, we can decide we know more. For example, verse 30, he says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. He that winneth souls is wise. Now, that is the opposite in England. He that winneth not souls is wise because you can be sacked, you can lose your job, you can go to jail. So why would you want to sacrifice your job to win a soul? But he said you are wise. So the fruit you are bearing sometimes would even bring you trouble. Because it's like if you are in a union and everybody says we are on strike. And you are working. You know what they will do to you? We shall find out later. So if the whole world says, we don't smile at this, we don't dance at this, and you are smiling and dancing, guess what? You are wise. You are wise. Because you are not withholding corn. You are showing that in the midst of darkness, there can be hope. And that is what the believer is called to be. To be a difference. To make a difference in his situation, in his life, in his environment. Praise the Lord. That is what Darby Hall is called to do. To make a difference in our world. To make a difference. Then he says, He that waters... 
shall be watered also. You shall be watered as you water. So God is not just asking us to bear fruit and not take care of us. Sometimes you wonder, so God, where are you? I'm busy taking people's needs, but where are you? He that waters shall be watered. As we step out in God's grace and in God's favor, he supplies. That is the word. He supplies. He takes care of our needs as we do his will, as we take care of his will, of his works. Hallelujah. So, what is fruit that we keep talking about? The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. That also means the confession of the righteous should bring life. That also means the acts of the righteous should bring life. That also means the abode of the righteous should give life. Amen. We are life givers in what we do. We are life givers where we go. We are life givers wherever we stand. Therefore, I came to challenge any deadness in your life today to come to life because you are a life giver. Because you have the life of God in you, resident in you, operating in you. Given out, what do you call it? Wi-Fi signals. So that any hungry device can connect to it. Amen. We are life givers. It may not look like it or feel like it, but you are. Satisfying our mouth with good things. Renewing our youth like the eagles. So that we are continuously productive for God. Working for God is like no other. But it is also the most challenging the most difficult. But you are life giver. Nurses and medical people know working in emergency or ICU is hard. Maybe. But they are there because they are life givers. Amen. It's not, an ex, it's not an exciting place to be working. But they are always there because they are life givers. So, what will happen if God planted you in his most dangerous ICU, for example? 
you run away, you say, God, as for the training I got, it doesn't qualify for this one. Because there are so many that are hurting out there. And I pray to God that we begin, or as we are already doing, but we continually and increasingly focus what we have to the outside world to bring in the life. Bring in the light of God. That is what we are for. But it's a challenge which we need to constantly remind ourselves. Fruit bearing. He mentions soul winning. Soul winning. When somebody comes to church. Is one part of the deal. But you get people delivered from all kinds of problems, all kinds of stresses, all kinds of worries, all kinds of things. So he said, he that winneth souls is wise. He didn't say, he that winneth souls is blessed. Because you can be beaten. <laughs> yes. Because you can suffer for it. But the wisdom of God will give you the strength. That you will do it. And it will look funny. But you know that there is an eternal reward. As a church, we are professing 50,000. We get to 50,000 if we, if we don't continue to expand to the world. We are, and you see, how many people are in the world? 10 billion, 6 billion, how many? I forgot now. 7 billion, some, 8 billion. Yeah. So if you have 50,000 congregation, what is it? If you have 1 million congregation, what is it? Yeah, so. Yes. The biggest church is about 1 million people. That's it. It's a tiny drop. So, it is not about we want to, but it's about what, how we can affect our world. How we can affect our world. And even as we are here now, we are affecting the world and we want to affect the world more. Hallelujah. He that winners souls is wise. So I have soul winners here. And very soon, that will be what we'll be doing things here, we'll be doing things there, winning souls. I realized that a lot of what we do is inwardly focused. I realized. And I realized the reason is inwardly focused is because 
We want to. We want to stay on the mountain. Like Peter, James, and John said, let's stay here. But we should be outwardly focused. So this becomes a training ground. When we get here, we get fed, we get filled, and then we do. We do the works there. That is a living church. So throughout the week, we'll be ministering to our community. And that is why we have a big mission opportunity. Some of you may be available during the daytime on Wednesday. Don't leave Sister Blessing alone. Or Brother Eric, we need you here doing mission. As people come, the Lord, the power of God, touch them. And we need more things to be outwardly focused. Because the question will be, well, we are not yet, who will, we are not yet, no, no. He who winneth souls is wise. That is what we should be doing. That is, that is our aim. To be outwardly focused. So we, we're going to empower everyone. What I mean by that is you already have the power. We're just going to tell you. <laughs> you know, we don't have power to give. You have it, but we just tell you. You know, if you're in the plane... They tell you, put on your seatbelt. They're not bringing you any seatbelt. The seatbelt is right there. You're sitting on it. So they just tell you. They remind you so you put it on. One of the, one of the things will happen this year is that we want to see the fruit as we bear them. And this is how we do it. From next Sunday, we are still in honeymoon, remember? So, we're not doing the Bible study. We're still in honeymoon. But from next Sunday, we'll be back to work. Okay. We will teach different subjects. So, those... There are those of us that we would want you to, to take a subject that will lead, if you've not been baptized, that will lead to baptism and then also the basics of church membership. Then there will be those that will do Christian maturity and discipleship thing. And then very new or visitors would have their own interaction. When we do that, the Sundays become very impacting. Because we will graduate you from level to level. So if you've done level A, we know what is expected, and we go to level B, so we are in level B, 
we don't want you to repeat level A errors because you are, you've graduated from that. You understand? If you're in secondary school, you're expected to be doing Shakespeare. If you, if you don't know your phonics, then we don't do phonics in secondary school. We do Shakespeare. We do literature. So phonics is for kindergarten, you know? So there's no way that should happen if we have done it properly. Are you with me? So that is how we measure. And then we grow. So we get to the stage where we can say, these are our fruit. And then we have different levels of teachings that leads to different things, different avenues, different ministries, serving opportunities and leadership, different things. Amen. Because I realized that even being, being a college teacher once, when you go, they structure everything. So year one, what is expected, and they take an exam. Year two, what is expected, and they take an exam, like that. So they finish the subject, they close it. They don't go back to it. You only, you know. And the same thing I did when I was in Bible school, the same thing that you was, you know. Yes. But, of course, in Bible school, it's possible to see year one students, year four students taking courses in year one, not because of anything, but because it's essential, but they hadn't done it before, but they can do it. That is possible. Amen? You know, so what we are, what we are saying is, after we receive the word, we're going to make it work. We're going to make it work. And that is Sunday. So, we are going to pray. God will give us our Sundays. Hey, who believes that? Amen. God will give us our Sundays. Amen. And then, we are also still on honeymoon. No Friday services yet. Wednesday is on. We are praying. Friday, what we are doing, because it doesn't suit everybody, let's put it that way, to come on a Friday evening, and then you, you are missing out, so you, you, are not, you are not getting, we are also giving you the opportunity that on another day of the week, you can gather. We have a Tuesday evening or a weekday in addition to the Friday. We are intentional about growth. We are intentional. Even if it's possible to have uh, To have a Facebook group and it works is better than not having anything at all. We are intentional. And we are doing these things because we have a responsibility to 
carry the will of God as revealed in the word as we teach as a local church to our members so that at least on your Christian journey, we would help you to attain your God-given goals. That is our aim. That is our purpose. That is our calling. Anything else is extra. That is our mandate. Therefore, you have the opportunity to be firmly rooted, to connect. You have, you have an option. It's not just Friday, but you have an option. And what are the giants that confront us in life? It's the giants we are going to be dealing with. The difficulties we are going to teach divine principles and teach practicalities that enables us to overcome these giants, these, these obstacles. So that we'll be effective Christians and effective people as well. Because God calls us to have dominion and to rule. So we have dominion in what? In life. And our aim, as we do that, is that we will experience more of the grace of God, the abundance of God, and then many doors will be opened and we will continually also bless and impact others. The summary of everything I've said is soul winning. But disciples win souls. So we do the discipling first. And then we win souls. But then, which fisherman goes fishing and doesn't eat some of the fish? In that case, he will sell some of the fish and buy his vegetables. So what we are saying is God's blessing will come upon us as we do the fishing. So the one prayer request you have been praying and nothing seems, you wait. Start getting into the dynamic. You just see doors open like that. I know that these days it's not very church correct to talk about evangelism or so winning. You know, it's not. But just think about help. Think about evangelism as help. Is there anybody in the world who doesn't need help? Even President Trump, I believe, needs help. Everybody needs help. So if you offer help to anybody, I'm sure they will, even if they don't take it first time, they will go and come and say, uh -huh, you remember last time, can I, uh -huh, you mentioned, can I still, oh yeah, help. 
So we help one another too. Amen. Amen. We'll talk about all things. Family, parenting, child, child, you know, all that. Finances, prosperity. Those are the good things we need to have for the world to come and learn. Say, wow, how did you people? He said, oh, we have a God. Sit down, let's show you. It is help. It's evangelism. We will continue to bear the fruit. Oh, amen. amen. Are you happy I'm preaching like this? Amen. 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 Our God is good. All the time. So I want you to prepare your minds. As we stand here, in fact, January, I just had to make up my mind, I'm going nowhere. But otherwise, there's opportunities to go different places. So now, I'm beginning to think, mm, this thing, <laughs> this thing, you know, but what I want to say is, when we become a mission-minded church, a missional church, we will not have to worry about our own needs. God will take care of our needs. God will take care. At the moment, there's a TV network in the U.S. who is asking if I can send my videos. <laughs> Amen. See, only one person is clapping. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Send, eh? It will win a soul. Yeah. My wife has been saying it, only I don't do them. But the word must be preached. And whichever way, whichever form, if they view the video and they think we can buy him a better camera, maybe they'll buy me a better camera. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is doing great things in our midst. I know there are testimonies in the house. Only people don't say them. You know, I met with someone last week, and you remember towards the end of last year, I sent out a message. And one of it, I saw somebody about to commit suicide. If you remember, I sent something out like that. Nobody really admitted or came forward. But just last week, I met somebody and I realized it was them. There are so many testimonies in the house. People don't say. So, from today, your mouth will be full of good things to be saying. Your mouth will be full of good things to be saying. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Let's go over the 
the scriptures again as we pray. Psalm 103 verse 5. Who satisfied thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed as the eat. Let's read that together. One, two, go. Who satisfied thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen. Amen. Say my mouth mouth is satisfied satisfied with good things. things. Not anything. Not Not everything. Not Not bad things. But good things. things. That That means good things will happen in my life. And I shall speak about them. Negative things shall not be part of my life. My testimony will be pure. My testimony will be clean. In the name of Jesus, I receive the strength of an eagle. I receive renewal like an eagle. In Jesus' name, I receive the grace to bear fruit, to bear fruit in life, to win souls. In the name of Jesus, I receive the grace not to worry about my own supplies because my God shall supply. All my needs, according to his riches, in glory, by Christ Jesus. Therefore, I take dominion over want, over needs, over depression, over anxiety, over worry. And I take my peace, my sleep, my rest. In the name of Jesus, that I shall not look back, I shall not fall, I shall not stay down, I shall rise, I shall rise above the challenges. In the name of Jesus, I shall walk in power, I shall walk in grace, I shall walk in favor. I shall walk in goodness. I shall walk in kindness. Now the Bible said, say after me, the Bible said, these signs shall follow them that believe. Today, I tap into it. I said, these signs shall follow me because I believe. In the name of Jesus, I shall cast out devils. I shall speak with new tongues. I shall heal the sick. I shall raise the dead. And if I eat deadly things, it shall not harm me. The poisons of life shall not harm me. The deadliness of life shall not harm me. I shall speak with new tongues. I shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. Any sickness in my life. Any sickness in my family. Any circumstance in my way. 
that is sick, in the name of Jesus, I command healing over you. In the name of Jesus, I speak, you will rise. Now over my mind, every trouble, every unrest that is racing through my mind, I speak the peace of God over my mind. The peace of God over my mind. In the name of Jesus, the healing of God, the power of God, I walk in favor. I walk in faith. I walk in grace. Thank you, Lord. 